Welcome to Vleeties, ladies and gentlemen. This is the all-out fallout. It happened two days ago. This is the Clash of the Castle hassle. That happened three days ago. I didn't watch the NXT thing. Uh, Gino, I watched this all-out. Now, I didn't get everyone's reactions yet because I... I I, I didn't want the reactions yet because I just finished watching it today. I was like, I got to watch Punk Mox, Punk Mox, Punk Mox. Uh, all Out, uh, what did you think? Did they ball out at All Out? or how, Just overall, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is that TK realized he has a lot of money and he's using this money. Because the big thing that still surprised me to this moment and to this day is he licensed, probably just for one night, a Rolling Stone song. That's probably like 500000 he had to spend right there for that one night use of Symphony, uh, Symphony for the Devil. Not Symphony of the Devil. But Sympathy for the Devil. So he probably spent a lot of money there for this big moment for MJF. And so this is just him trying to prove that he has this money. He could just spend willy-nilly to make these big moments. So I'm just realizing TK is wanting to be a threat finally against WWE. I don't know. They were already spending money. Like, And where did we get that dollar amount? Was that a Meltzer report? Like it took 500000 to get to get a Rolling Stones song? I just would assume it'd be a six-figure fucking agreement because, like, Rolling Stones especially like, would be really expensive to like, try to license that for a big pay-per-view like this. I would think, like, probably a few hundred thousand for damn sure at least. May, I may, but even so, like, they spend money on lots of other stuff anyway. Like, that's the one thing. Like, he has a hundred wrestlers on that roster, which is, like, more than WWE at this point. So I think they're flexing their, their wallet everywhere they can. I don't think that licensing one song by the Stones. Don't they have songs by, like, the Pixies and stuff already? Like, they, Wild Thing, they already – and they, already, they even did a Bob Dylan version of Wild Thing for one night. Like, they, they he's definitely throwing money around. But as far as the pay-per-view itself, I thought it was very lackluster, if I can throw that out there. We were all watching it in the chat together. But much like the the not the Grand Slam, what was it called? The Forbidden Door pay per view. It felt like there was a lot of six man tags on this fucking thing. I know this is the trios company. We have trios belts, but by the by the time I got to my third trios match, I was done watching three dudes tag each other. Well, it's a good thing there was only three trios matches, so you got to be ready for that last one. Be like, you know, it stings the last one. I can at least handle those. No, one. by the time I got to that, the mist. by the time I got, first of all, I forgot that match was happening. I thought, oh no, there's one more match for the main event. Like, oh, I thought we were done with this thing, and then Sting came out. Sting rules, by the way. I love Sting. Uh, love, love Miro. I, I want to like everyone in that match, but by the time I got to the main event, I was just so, I was burnt. I felt burnt. I was tired of six-man tags and uh, fatal four-ways, casino ladder matches that ended with one guy coming out and just getting a briefcase. Like this, I, I was not a big fan of this event. But now i got to be honest, the main event was fantastic. I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the, the Jericho match. I enjoyed the acclaimed match. But like even scrolling through this, I forgot Powerhouse Hobbs had a match. Like forgot that that happened. So I guess beat by beat, I want to get your reaction because you're you're the positive wrestling guy for the most part tonight. Like you hated wrestling a couple weeks ago, and then Triple H took over. And now you love WWE. Like shit that you would have hated six months ago. You're like, well, at least the matches are good. It's like it's the same match that I was watching a couple weeks ago. So okay, I didn't watch the zero hour, but I felt like the first hour of the actual pay per view was all part of that zero hour bullshit. So. Let's pick up where I started the casino ladder. The casino ladder match. Now, this was this was fine, but 
you know, the whole Stokely bit and like everything that happened, it was so much gaga. Like I could just watch Marky D. I could imagine Marky D doing this, like him calling this out. Uh, oh, great. Another interference. Oh, great. The big cast shows up. Like it could just be so much gaga was thrown into this thing. Uh, El Idolo, like a lot happened. So you're a big Stokely Hathaway guy. Like immediately, I, we all knew it was MJF, right? Were there any marks out there who didn't know? I don't believe anyone, especially when they saw it was Stokely and the guy was dressed with the devil mask. People would have especially thought, like, oh, it is MJF, MJF. There even was a tweet I even saw it and I posted in the Discord immediately when I saw it again, is that they specifically put in a tweet, uh, MJF has no sympathy for the devil. So again, truly promoting the idea, like, sympathy for devil, MJF, MJF is devil. MJF is the evil that Punk made reference to all those years back because the entire MJF promo and the whole storyline with the MJF CM Punk was hey do you remember our way to CM Punk do you remember CM Punk as a heel remember CM Punk and Raven remember CM Punk talked about the snake promo we won't always reference that bit and that's what we always go with so when I was like he's dressed as devil simply for devil MJF perfect and I thought it was perfectly well done I knew I can I called it like when Stokely started up this group like we have Ethan Page we have Lee Moore these guys who have expressed their heat for this company we had that shoot promo from MJF, which was obviously at work now, and it was all <laughs> saying up for him being still Gathaway's guy. And I was, I and I called that right at the start when we had as soon as he the page joined. I was like, MJF's joined. He also and that was perfect. Yeah, but but Malachi Black says God Gino just rambles on and on. I, yeah, let, let me let me say this. First of all, you thought it was real. Like you thought the MJF thing was real. I knew it was. Why would you? Hey, I'm Tony Khan. Hey, Tony, I'm going to go out to the ring and talk. What are you going to talk about? Don't worry about it. Okay, go ahead. Like, no, this is a show where we're constantly cutting matches down because we're booking too much stuff. It's not like he just told MJF, all right, kid, go out there and say whatever you want. Like, no, he definitely knew that that was all part of it, the voicemail bit. Like, Tony Khan's acting is the best. Like, just, hey, by the way, here's my last offer. Nine nights. Like, no, he he's not there as a performer. Tony Khan isn't the performer yet. The best Tony Khan performances were when he was doing those Impact commercials where he had his sunglasses on and he would talk about, uh, you know, we're so generous to be buying ad space here on Impact Wrestling to talk about AEW Dynamite tomorrow night. And then, of course, Dynamite switched to, or Impact switched to Thursdays and ruined that whole bit. But uh, we all knew it was MJF. Like, you, we knew it was MJF. You, you were writing in the chat. I was writing in the chat. Everybody was writing. So I asked you, like, were people actually surprised? No, nobody was. We all knew who it was. Like, what did we expect? Like, at the end of the night, Tito Ortiz is going to rip a mask off? I did wonder if they were going to let it marinate a little bit longer. Like, maybe hold that off until Dynamite to do the reveal or maybe hold that off for a couple weeks to do the reveal. Uh, but it was MJF, and it, that, that was probably – the reveal at the end, mainly because I already knew that it was MJF. I didn't know when they were going to do the reveal. Uh, I thought the Jericho match was outstanding. Uh, but was that the best part of the night? Because, like, let's go. So let's keep let's keep going chronologically through this fucking thing, dude. Um, all right, let's go with the next match. After that, the Elite versus Hangman and the Dark Order. Uh, this sounds good on paper. But then when you're watching John Silver and Reynolds in, like, a pay-per-view match, it was a little... It took me back a little bit, you know? 
And I can understand that. Like, Hangman did try his best to show us that he still has it, that he is still that world champion, but Kenny Omega, he outworked the entire three of them, showing just why Kenny Omega should be the top guy and should be a singles guy and not stuck in this trio situation. So hopefully this is just a short stint. They just wanted to make history be the first trios tag team champions to lose them right away so Kenny could be world champion again. I don't think Kenny's going back to that world title for a minute. I think he's going to be comfy in this trio, especially if he's had all these surgeries, like, Oh, what a great gimmick. I can just be in a six-man tag because that's all this night was, was the six-man tag night. Three six-man tag matches, and the one for the titles was first. Four kids are just as bright as oh, I'm doing my dance, like AB. Do your dance. Do your dance, Gino. Can you do this? I sadly don't do that dance. I can't do any dance. I'm just, bad at dance. Just put your hands up like this, two, two index fingers in the air, and then just move them side to side. Cut that gift, Nathan. So, okay, this was a fine match. It was just, you know, in big moments when you want to watch your favorite wrestlers, sometimes Alex Silver and John Reynolds are there. So John Silver and whatever their names are. Uh, and Hangman's great. I don't know what you mean by, like, he's trying to show us that he can still do it. Like, no, we already know that he can do it. We already know he's the best. Uh, this was – like that was okay. This match was just – I don't know. Bleacher Report gave it a B plus. That's only because it was on their streaming service. So, but at no point did I think that Dark Order was gonna win. I everyone knew Dark Order was not gonna win, but we get those moments with the face to face with like Hangman and Kenny, Hangman and Matt, which I thought was nice because we did have that moment weeks ago where Hangman was going to be the third man. Matt just poured his heart out, but Hangman's like, no, I gotta be managing my friends, my only friends that have actually supported me. But we got to have most where they're face to face, and we had the world championship match again, face to face, Kenny and Hangman. So we're still saying that they could run it back again. We're definitely building, and I, we're definitely building towards a, an amazing episode of being the elite. Like that's all that this felt like for me. With all like, hey, we're gonna do a trios match. Maybe I should watch that show. Maybe that show plays a lot into what happens on Dynamite or what happens on All Out or Rampage. I'm not watching one of the core shows, and that's being the elite. So maybe that's what I'm missing. Is this is probably a huge moment in BTE history, and I just don't watch it, so I don't know that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They, so first of all, we go from that ladder match with the shitty ending into this match so i was already kind of like all right aew like let's see it and then they did the worst thing they could possibly do and that was jade cargill versus athena now i jade Gar cargill was kind of painted green uh, kind of athena this was bad dude i i don't get this man she did not she hasn't taken this aew thing seriously or something like i don't i don't Remember we were so excited for her to show up here? Like, finally. Like, she's just going to be let loose to have awesome matches. This thing just sort of ended, and I don't remember much of it. I just remember Jade almost being green. I remember her body was – she's in good shape. I remember Kevin made a hilarious comment that she looks like Brandy Rhodes, and that made me laugh. And this match sucked. <laughs> I didn't mind it because it was a basically a squash match. We had to put Jade over, and it, it sucks that we're not having Athena in like big marquee match that she could do because we've seen her in big matches. You and I saw her do that fucking Halloween tag team street fight that was amazing. It's like she could still go. She could still have these great matches, but yeah, they're not giving her the opportunity, giving her that time, and hopefully one day we will. But right now we're trying to push Jade to the moon and her dressed as She-Hulk, or as I think it was JR said, she's green because of money. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> but, and you yeah. say Athena, like, so uh, Ember Moon, like the character, okay? Like that, 
I know that you can say there wasn't much character towards the end there when she was teaming with Shotzi, but that was still better than the facials and the dancing and some of the motions. That, like, remember when she made fun of Jade Cargo, like, for flexing? It's like, yeah, but Jade's in shape. Like, Athena was mocking her like this, and it's like, why are you making, like, you look awful doing that. Like, that's this is like a sign of, like, hey, look, I take care of my body. I'm in great shape. And meanwhile, Athena's back there, like, Wearing like her jeans, I don't know. It just looked very. I don't know if she's taking this seriously, or maybe you know what happens with a lot of these. This this is another Jack Evans scenario. She just showed up like AEW is going to be awesome. It's not WWE, and then they're kind of okay. What do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know. Hang out backstage. Okay, well we're going to put you in a program with Jade. You know, so you know she she has a very impressive physique. So maybe you know, you know, Titan and. Yeah, Jade out. Like every time Jade gets in one of these matches where she's in the ring with somebody who's supposed to be unbelievably talented, I'm like, dude, Jade rules. Like, I'm glad she won this match in a minute and a half. Uh, th- so, again, zero-hour stuff. I thought this was like a, a Sunday night heat match. And it was already I was already not super in love with this pay-per-view. And then Gino, oh, my gosh, was Kevin Wright? Does Jay Lethal and, and FTR? Like, this on paper seems like something you and I would enjoy. Uh, Wardlow, FTR versus Jay Lethal in the in the guns. What a mishmash of just nonsense! What happened here? I think what happened here is because the Eddie Kingston situation with Sammy Guevara, we had to have another just put those in two separate matches instead of just the one match they should have been in, and we had to then put this as one match all together instead of two matches. Because what would have been better is just Jay Lethal, Wardlow, and then FTR guns. That would have been perfect. I think that would have just been a better real tag match. Instead of having to make a six-man out of the situation, try to tell a story all about Wardlow and FTR going against this group that is Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay. And that's all the story is. is it's not really even pushing the guns. The only thing the reason that guns are there is impact. And they barely even talked about impact. Well, is that, I don't even know if that's the only reason they're there. Like, I, I, I do think that they tried to play the, hey, Jay Lethal and these guys, they all worked in Ring of Honor together. They've worked in, in Impact together. They've worked the indies together. We're all excited to see them make their AEW debut, and it's going to be against FTR team that we've been wanting to see them go up against. And instead of doing a two-on-two, they do this trios, which, you know, this is the trios company, so for them it's a big deal. But it was all, and plus they can they can even market like the Wardlow and FTR. They're all these. There's all this gold on one side, uh, but this was a sloppy bullshit, like nonsensical. Like the guns were kind of baby faces, but then would do some heel spots because they were on the bad guy team. Uh, again, strange, strange order to the show. You know, it just felt like this six man tag should have been before the other six man tag. Like this is that one was for titles. This was for. Like this could have been on Rampage. Like, why wasn't this on Rampage, or why wasn't this on Dynamite? You, we, you, like you and I always talk about. I know you in, in uh, you in particular. Like when there's like a random like, oh, Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa is bigger than an episode of Dynamite. Like, and usually I disagree. I said no. Dynamite needs to have these really important matches too. However, this example, I'm completely, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, this match was way too small for a pay-per-view. Like this is a, this is a rampage match. This is a dynamite match. There's no reason. This is a beach break match. There's no reason that this should be on the pay-per-view. This is a raw or even AEW dynamite main event because even yeah. like, I remember the whole Adam page, Adam, uh, hangman match. We had page and Cole yeah. and we had the main event, the dynamite, the go home show to won their pay-per-view matches was six-man tag 
Undisputed Elite versus Dark Order instead of like anything else. So this basically could have been a main event to the Go Home Show, which could have been FTR, but Machine Guns, Jay Lethal, Wardlow. That would have been perfect, but no, we had to have them as one match instead of two because I do believe it's because of Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston shit. They had to make those in two separate matches, put them in different matches instead of one and have two matches for the card. Uh, that's what I, again, my belief. That's Maybe just, they believe this the entire time they're going to do a six man tag was going to be bullshit. No titles on the line. I think it was going to be the whole time. Like, I don't know why changing the one match would do that. Like, because they even had a bunch of, uh, Eddie and Sammy both wrestled on zero hours. So you're saying that would have been one match. So, and then, and then we would have, you could put more zero hour matches together. Who gives a shit? Shorten those up. Nobody was watching those anyway. I did watch the Kingston one, which I thought was really good. But, but yeah, and I, and I even wanted, like, it's one of those matches where I don't really like Kingston. I don't really like Ishii. And I just got done watching Clash at the Castle. So I was like on this wrestling high. And I'm thinking, oh, there's no way this can be better. But then Ishii and Kingston actually had a pretty good match. So Yes, like, you got to see and you get to compare like Seamus Gunther. Then you see Ishii Kingston, these two real hard-hitting, strong, strong motherfuckers just hitting each other. Chops however, and forearms are just amazing. God to compare those matches, I like to watch Seamus and Gunther with six-pack abs. And then I go watch Dynamite or I watch AEW and it's... Two guys that are, are probably having steak and beer before and after the match. Like, they're just, they get them calories in, bro. We got to burn them. Uh, Starks and Hobbs, like I said, completely forgettable. It made sense. Like, why wouldn't Hobbs just squash this little fuck? But, paper, again, this is an amazing Rampage match. Why did this happen on the pay per view? Because we had to have some type of grudge match on this pay per view. We, built this up because Ricky Starks could have died because Will Hobbs hit his neck. We had this build up. We didn't really capitalize on it too much because we were pushing Hobbs. We gave him the Cody tunnel, but it's not enough to make Mr. William Hobbs, Mr. I Breakbacks that big of a threat yet. But hopefully soon he will become the giant threat of being the world title picture one day. Yeah, I think Powerhouse Hobbs is kind of one of the most like incorrectly used guys in AEW. And my friend Steve from Stephen Larson, he would agree with that. I remember one of the last episodes that I listened to, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs lost to like Christian, and he was like, "Why would Christian not put over this hot young talent?" And like Powerhouse Hobbs is the future of this company, and Christian's, you know, how long is he even here for? So he was really upset. Like he thought Christian should just lose every match that he's in. Um, yeah, and then we realized Christian's just the best heel. He was working the entire time, and he was making all the money he can. According he to isn't didn't Cornette or Vince, Vince Russo didn't somebody say Christian's just doing his MJF impression? Like that was a pretty good burn. Like they were, hey MJF's gone. Who's gonna get the most heat this week? Christian, and he kind of did that. So at his match, they did a lot. So and we'll get to that, but they, they did exactly what say like that. What they did saved that match in my opinion because. Like, watching it live, once, like, Christian came out and Jungle Boy was on his way out, I just was like, oh, gosh. I don't even care at that point. Like, I don't want to watch this right now. And then Luchasaurus was like, I know. And he beat the shit out of Jungle Boy. And they gave Jungle Boy a cool moment where he kicked out of that spear and he even started the match. Because I was like, there's no way this match is going to happen. And Jungle Boy's like, no, it's going to happen, brother. Let's do this thing right now, brother, brother. And uh, Christian hit him with the spear, kick out, kill switch. It was over. That was a great match. And I like it. It just gave us something, all right? It gave me a little something because there was no way they were going to top the acclaimed match, right? It wasn't going to top the acclaimed match, especially with how 
much. They both were over this entire tag match was amazing. And if I do feel, because especially because I watched the scrum and they were talking about that there might have been an audio audible called, and I do believe it's possible that maybe they decided, okay, Swerve and Keith are winning here, even though yes, we do have the crowd loving this moment, but we're gonna make Grand Slam even bigger by having the acclaimed have Max Caster win in Arthur Ashe Stadium around his hometown. Well, yeah, great call out because Swerve and Our Glory was not supposed to win this match. I, I WFS says the audible wasn't called. Swerve is scared to death of the rematch. <laughs> Could be, like. Like this match was great, right? Like Keith Lee and Swerve ended up working heel. They ended up working heel this match, um, and I I think that they and look even Kevin is saying the rematch is the audible. Like maybe they thought, oh well, the acclaim they're just kind of a tag team. They've been around for a long time. This will be an easy win for Swerve and Our Glory because everybody loves Swerve and Our Glory. Which not me? Can I put my hand up? Not me. Two great singles guys show up and you put them in a fucking tag team again. Like, hey, this is a tag team company built on teams like the Acclaimed and the Young Bucks and Private Party was a big deal when we brought them in. But, oh, you guys are singles wrestlers? Let's put – you guys are champs now. That sounds much better. So, yeah, I don't really like them as a team anyway. So, I think the Acclaimed were supposed to win this match. Like, Chicago and I all thought uh, that they were supposed to win. How, were they, how did they not win? Again, it's because I just thought it made more sense for it to be in New York, in Arthur Ashe Stadium. I was like, okay, if they lose, they're at least going to have a rematch. They're going to win. Where's and Bowens from? Is he case. from Chicago? He's from Chicago, but Max Caster's from New York. So He's Max not from Chicago. His big hometown guy. Is Bowens really from Chicago? I just said that. I don't know where Bowens is from. I don't care where Bowens is from. What matters is Max Caster's from New York. Because he was taught by the greatest teachers you could be taught by, Pat Buck, Matt Cardona, and the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers, at Creative Pro. Where's Swerve from? I believe Swerve is from... I forget exactly. I keep hearing like his introduction. I keep forgetting. Goddamn that so crowd at All Out was so crazy. They would have been fine if they if, if Caster won a belt there. That's insane. Like This team was... They, like Everybody loves the acclaimed. They did so well building up their like, babyface turn working with... The gun with the gun boys, or whatever they're called now. Like, this is a fantastic w- And plus, they're going up against Keith Lee. How are they going to beat Keith Lee? How are they going to beat Isaiah Swerve Scott, or whatever his name is now? Swerve Strickland. Like, there's no way that these guys are going to lose. And then the under, even like they were working Bowen's knee and they were getting heat. Uh, oh, it was so great. But why not just have the acclaimed win? It was, it was a great match, though. So, uh, I really do think the acclaimed. Should have won. I think Swerve. I don't know if TK thought the crowd would be this. Maybe they thought it'd be a split crowd. Like Mox and Punk, the the crowd ended up being pretty split throughout the match. This crowd was not split. This this crowd loved the acclaimed. We all loved the acclaimed, and even Bowens is awesome. Like I, I was, I was loving Bowens in this match. And I was too, and that's the whole thing. Like, now we know the acclaimed are going to be able to be the baby faces chasing because we weren't sure about Swerving Our Glory. Are they heels? Now they can work fully as heels, both in ring and in promos, as we set up for the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Two hour special rampage that Max Caster gets to win on rampage, not on dynamite. But that was even. We were they were baby faces before this. They were baby like we we knew the acclaim were baby faces, but, but even Swerve and Lee were baby faces on Wednesday. You thought that promo about them hating rap was was heel? I thought it was maybe the start, like just like a possible tween, but now they can't fully work heel. So this time, might we hopefully we get like a big heel promo from Swerve and our glory to set up for Arthur Ashe Stadium. 
Fatal four-way match, you know. This also was kind of a clusterfuck. Um, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm. I didn't know uh, Hikaru had another belt. I thought that was a little bit of a, like, hey, she has a belt too. Uh, Baker and Hayter, they, they did some really good storytelling with them too. Like Baker trying to get that win, you know, on Hayter. Like they, they had some cool moments in this match. Um, but, yeah, we already knew Tony Storm was going to win. Remember you were trying to say that Britt Baker was going to win? It was so obvious Tony Storm was supposed to win this match because now her and Thunder Rosa are going to have a match at Grand Slam in New York in front of their hometown. It's going to be awesome. It will be awesome. It just I I wanted Britt to win. I just wanted like, more dissension. Be like, maybe that she cost Jamie Hayter the match. We could have dissension there, and then she also has to fight Thunder Rosa. We could have all this stuff, but no, it's just a simple Tony Storm wins. Now Tony gets to fight her friend. Tag team partner Thunderstorm gets to collide, and it becomes a giant thunderstorm that they can't control. Well, look, and for all we know, maybe Thunder is going to be out longer than well, – she's out for six months. Like We don't know. I don't have the, the medical reports in front of me. Uh, so maybe she's going to be out for a while. So there will be some title changes with this interim champion. Uh, Kevin thinks Thunder's faking it. I mean, I, I hadn't heard. Maybe there is a little. I don't want to. I didn't want to face Tony. So I'm not going to face Tony at the pay-per-view. Is that how she talks? Is it, was that a good Thunder Rosa? It was as good as I could do because I could not do impressions. You know, I'm so sorry. My back. It hurts. She didn't say that her back hurt, you know. It was her foot that hurt. And I think it's more like Anarchia, but you do have a great Anarchia impression. So I think that's perfect. Anarchia, anarchia. rules, all right? I'm just he does. The great tattoo spot. I'll always remember his tattoo. Yeah, and then there was no tattoo like the next week, right? That's Remember, they gave him a tattoo. <laughs> that would have been an amazing. Yes, he got a tattoo. He had to get tequila. He had the girls go get tequila. And he had to pray with Hernandez because he's so scared of the tattoo. It was great sick. And he's all tatted yes. up already. Yes, um, it's the best sick. Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. This match was better than I thought it was going to be. And if they're going to give Christian a win, this is the way to do it. Like uh Jungle Boy, uh you know, he we knew he was going to win. Like I predicted him to get the big win, big babyface victory. I love that Bleach Report is giving it a D minus. Like they were expecting a big catch catch scan. They wanted an Omega versus Okada. They wanted an Osprey versus Cassidy. No, we got a Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. This is how I would have done it. I because remember Luchasaurus had like two weeks of squash matches where he beat up Griff Garrison and shit. So why? And then he just oh no, I'm a babyface. Jack Perry's back. No, this was a great way to like no, he's still a heel. You can't just not be a heel. The the snap of a finger. So I thought this was a great way to do it. Uh, Christian looks like a total dickhead. And, dude, full gear is going to be sick. It will be, especially because I was kind of noticing the foreshadowing the whole thing was because every time we did have, like, Luchasaurus and, like, Christian's talking shit about Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus does not touch Christian. He never laid a hand on Christian the entire time. So they were, like, foreshadowing, is he with Christian still? Is he with Jungle Boy? And then we found out the answer in the paper, which I thought was a great, great moment to finally pay off all this foreshadowing. And then Jungle Boy's mom slapped Christian. That was a fun moment. Um, this match was awesome, Gino. Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho. Lionheart versus the American Dragon. Uh, really good oh, match. The buzz, feel the sting. Thank you so much, Mega Fury 420, for the chicken winner. Um, I should just do it in my dance for that as well. But this was a great match, you know. You you know what? You know Jr. Uh, Jr. liked it because he actually gave a shit. Like it was fun to hear his commentary on this match compared to all the other matches. Because like this is his shit right here. He likes this in ring stuff. He doesn't need any flips and and all that. 
Like Jericho did a drop kick, and Jim Ross was kind of like, Jericho's been known to be a high flyer. It's like, yeah, that was real. That was innovative right there, bro. That was some high-risk maneuvers. That was Dante Martin-esque right there from Jericho. Uh, this match was fantastic. What else do you say? Like, I, I, I Jericho got a win. It seems he lost his Lionheart last time, so he needs to kind of keep this character as a winner. You know, it's got to win every once in a while. So the dragon goes down. What is that? It's going to be a big moment, especially because my belief is that Daniel Garcia gets to have the big win tomorrow night to be the ROH Pure Champion. It's going to be a big moment. We that he doing without Chris Jericho's help. He's going to get the American Dragons help. Wheeler Yuta was a huge mistake, huh? Like, is it, doesn't it feel like that? Remember, he was joining the Blackpool Combat Club. He's winning pure championships. He is the most forgotten about member of this whole Blackpool Combat thing where you have Cesaro, who's ROH champ. You have Mox, who's been tearing it up. And you have uh, Debray that's been tearing it up. Wheeler Yuta is like the kind of, hey, we're going to try this out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I sadly, a part of me feels that the reason why that happened and what was the issue was when he went to New Japan, did the whole Super yeah. Jacob, when he wasn't able to do this. Not Super Jacob, uh, best Super Juniors. Whatever. So like he had all this time off. So like you have him BCC, and we are like trying to push, but they're like, oh, he's there, and we can only slightly talk about what's happening in Super in the best Super Juniors because we have so much else shit we have to do in Dynamite. So they couldn't really push any for a light on Yuta, and I think that did kind of mess up him at least for AEWs. I, I don't know. They they show clips of pock wrestling people in fucking garages. So why why not just say, hey, here's what Wheeler Yuta's up to, even if you put it on uh wow, what's dark elevation or whatever. You could throw it can still be around. I mean, like Wheeler Yuta just has been completely shoved to the back. And and you mentioned he was gone for so long. He was only gone for like what, three weeks, four weeks? Like that's I haven't seen Cesaro in that long, so like I don't know if that's like the reason. Like, oh, you're leaving us for four weeks? Well, your push is gone. And again, that's just my perspective because like Cesaro's been on TV, he hasn't had a match, but he like covered Mox because like when they had the whole pull apart, he covered Mox and like he gave him a hug. So Parmy was like, "Are they turning heel as BC? No, they're not heel yet, but that could have been the start. Hopefully, where Claudio will be a heel. Hopefully, so it'd be a great moment for Claudio." Maybe they will be. I mean, going well now we got MJF back, so like the biggest villain is gonna vill. There's really no reason to switch BCC at this time. You could probably just keep them baby faces, and they have one of the world titles. I don't know where Mox goes next. Um, I didn't watch the scrum yet. You sent me some clips, which we're gonna watch in a minute here. But I thought this was a great match. It was like you know, kind of like Jr. had said, like you can watch this. This one I'll watch again. Like I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, the next match I probably won't watch ever again. House of Black versus Sting, Darby, and Miro. It's. Do you get sad when you watch Buddy Matthews with this group? I get sad when I see that it's Valkyrie Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King just in the. They're in the semi main, so it's at least something. It's an improvement. Darby's in the semi main. That's good. Miro semi main. Sting semi main. So that's a positive, but it's in a six person tag and not in a singles match. Last year, Darby Allen was in. I think it was semi main still with Punk. And now Punk's main event and Darby's before him. So, get we have some people going up, but also down in a year. So, we're going to see where this goes. It's just, it is disappointing that Buddy Matthews is not getting the push. He's, he's, the, he's the best of the group. He's I, so fucking good. I think semi-mains work on a six-match card. When you're on match 13 of the night or match 12 of the night, that's no longer the semi-main. Like, the other main event for this this night 
was the Jericho match. Like Jericho and and Brian uh, for for me is the semi main. This and no offense to Sting, Miro, Dart. Like I love all these guys. This is the go to the bathroom match. Like I've been to live wrestling shows. And you just watched like a 23-minute Daniel Bryan Jericho match. It was fantastic. You know that you, there's only two matches left. You got to go to the bathroom, get one more beer, get another hot dog. And if you come out halfway through this match, it's not a big deal because you don't give a shit anyway. You just want to watch Sting get kicked in the face and not go down because he's the man called Sting. But, uh, yeah, like everybody had the same face pain. Like It was just this silly... Like, Miro was great. I liked watching Miro just kind of walk up and get in everybody's face. And I, I, Buddy Matthews does not fit this goth group at all. Like, it's remember, – memory of that match with Mustafa Ali. He had one of the greatest matches ever on in Survivor Series history. And now he's been relegated to being, like, the third wheel in this weird goth group because you remember that he hurt Malachi's, black, Malachi's eye. I don't even remember that on Raw. So, like, who – who did like? What's your favorite part of this match? Did you enjoy it? Did you like when Sting spit the mist? What'd you think? I do feel like the mist was a good callback. And then what I really enjoyed the most is what was reported and what did happen after the match is that Malachi hugged the House of Black guys. He turned to the crowd. He bowed and gave, blew them all a kiss, which all could be just for the crowd because Tony Khan did not want to comment on this. So he's working us still because Tony Khan, when he says he doesn't want to comment on something, is working. That's what we now know. But he says he will not comment. He's going to work this whole thing. It's not a shoot. Because Malachi wants to leave, right? Like, that's that's the rumor. Triple H is in control now. So, obviously, a guy like Malachi, who hasn't, uh, who hasn't, you know, done well in AEW, at least. At least in my opinion. Like, when he showed up into the stuff with Cody, take that for what it is. He did get choked by Rosario Dawson. I mean, that was fun. But out of everything he's done in AEW, it hasn't really been what we were expecting, like, oh, well, he was a NXT champion. This guy's going to be big tits in AEW, and he hasn't been big tits. Like, I remember when we were talking about, you know, the, the top 100, and I was talking about Malachi Black, I called him an all-star, and you and Kevin were both like, he's not an all-star? Like, what? And I thought, no, isn't he? He's supposed to be, because he is supposed to be, but he hasn't done that. And it, part of it's his fault. This face paint's got to go. I mean, he looks stupid. He went from being like the Dutch destroyer to being a fucking goth kid. So he, he's just copying Darby at this point. So, yeah, not a big fan. I like Miro, though. Uh, I thought the, the miss was a fun spot. Uh, uh, also, uh, Malachi's shoulder was up. TWFS says Andrade or Malachi. Who do you think should have been bigger, Gino? Andrade, obviously, right? But But I like both. There's no reason both these guys couldn't. Now, Andrade is somebody that made it to the main roster, but I also think he got mishandled when he got there. I think he could have been if Alberto Del Rio was champion. I mean, I think Andrade is better in the ring. Is he? Is he? I would have to agree that Andrade is over Malachi because Andrade was able to have it. It might be mainly because of Johnny, but Johnny Gargano and Andrade was the first five-star match that he had in years before this time. So that was the big match. We have, and I believe it's half Johnny, half Andrade, and that's the only thing that Malachi cannot get a five-star match from Uncle Dave. So I'd say it's always Andrade over Malachi. But, but so you're basing – wait, so a five-star match is just something that Meltzer likes, right? Yes, Meltzer's five-star perfect match that was Andrade versus Jargon, which I do agree is probably the second-best Jargano match in next year. But, so was the other match that Johnny Gargano had a five-star, him versus uh, Tommaso? 
Or which one? I'd say him versus Cole, two out of three falls, was the best Johnny Gargano takeover match. And I'd say, I believe Dave gave that four. I believe. I don't think that was five. What does he know? What did he give? Uh, what did he give Rock versus Triple H at Judgment Day 2000? Yeah, that's a good question. We can see if he does do like I. He the archives are sometimes weird, but I do try to look back up because I've tried to look at some stuff. Some years it's not on archives, so like I could check the 2002 Judgment Day eventually and see what Dave says, or at least even what Brian says, because Brian and Dave sometimes agree on those things. What did he give AJ Styles and Christian at Genesis 2007? Like, there's matches. I'm sure that'd probably be a five star. I'm sure that'd be a classic five, oh. or at least four stars for Damshin. Yeah, I'm with Ricardo. Stars are fake, you know. Who the fuck cares what Dave Meltzer says? Like that's he he gives five star matches to matches in the Tokyo Dome that suck. Like it's like no, I like oh well, this is the only NXT five star match. Well, yeah, that's the only one he watched probably. Like who knows? Who knows what he did? He probably just kind of skimmed through the results and was like. Yeah, you know, I didn't really like uh, Malachi versus Ciampa versus Gargano triple threat. I didn't really like that. So, uh, and, and Toxic Attraction, by the way, Gino, Geezy's coming back to watching NXT. He loves uh, Mandy Rose and uh, what's her name? Jaden James. What's her name? There's Gigi Dolan. There's uh, fucking what's her name? JC Jane. Yeah, J Casey Jane. Yeah. JC. It's JC. I keep forgetting. It's JC. Okay, JC Jane. And they're. Again, who cares about them? We have Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. I, they need to go back to just Piper Niven and Nikki Cross. Just fix them. Change them. Be back to them. Did she not already yeah. go back to Piper Niven? I thought that was the obvious one. I thought I thought that happened. And is Austin Theory's name Austin? I didn't watch Raw yet. Don't tell me. It is Austin. I will say there is Austin, and there is another man who has their first name back. John Moxley is back to being Dean Ambrose. He fought CM Punk for the AEW World title in Chicago. This crowd was awesome for this match. They really enjoyed it. I thought this was a great match. Like I'm surprised that our friends at Bleach Report only gave it a B. I'm surprised Meltzer didn't give it five stars. Uh, I really enjoyed the story that they told here. I liked Punk's pants. Um, I liked his gut. Everything about it I thought was a great. Like Moxley, just he's so violent. He likes that pure wrestling violence. He's oh, He doesn't care if it's his blood or your blood. He just likes blood. Oh, he's sick. What did you think of this match? You know, did you like it? I did really enjoy the story they were telling, especially Punk with the leg. He was still selling that, like working that into this, and he was able to work perfectly fine. No entry. He's perfectly still fine, especially after what happened two weeks ago. Two he weeks work ago, his yeah. leg. Yes, he's perfectly fine. He's healed up thanks to his friend Ace. Everything's good now. It's CM Punk. He's the world champion. He's the future of AEW right now. I like that GTS where Moxley kind of like fell on him and was like asleep. That was a great spot. I really enjoyed that. Uh, they just looked like they beat the shit out of each other. So it was a fun main event. Uh, I like the pants of both guys. I'm a big pants guy. Mox had some graphics on his pants too. I, I, I'm a big fan of that. So uh, the crowd made this match for me though. I was really, it was much like Clash of the Castle. Like having like a crowd like that can help wrestling so much. That's why ECW was so great. Like, even GCW, when it sucks and the crowd's going crazy, you're like, I guess people like this shit. Two Cold Scorpios dancing and they're popping like Austin just came out. So I, I enjoy a lot of the things that they're that, that the crowd can enhance a match for. So the match definitely made me enjoy this match uh, a lot. So And then the ending, MJF comes out with the mask. Uh, takes it off, just kind of stares at him a little bit. I thought he was going to cash it in. That would have been more exciting. He beats Punk in his hometown, cashes in his poker chip. Was there a poker chip? Cashes in something, uh, leaves Chicago with the belt, escapes through the crowd. That would have been a lot of fun. But I'll take a voicemail. That's fine. 
Yes, we got the voicemail. We got the CM Punk snake promo again, and then MJF coming out, taking off the mask, and saying that I am the devil. So again, for telling it's again, I love that I'm a big CM Punk fan, and I loved him back then in ROH. Just for just telling the story again, but now it's retelling. So like Raven is CM Punk, and MJF is CM Punk. I mean, MJF, CM Punk, and Raven is. Like Raven back then is CM Punk now and MJF is you CM weren't, Punk. Then. You weren't a CM Punk fan. You weren't even watching wrestling at that time. I was watching wrestling 2006. Wasn't that 05 when he did it the was summer? It was 05, so I had to watch back. I watched RH back, damn it. I could go back in 2005. Gino, don't be a fake fan, though, all right? Don't try and get I your... I watched it through 06. Don't I, get your... Look, I, I'm a wrestling fan too, but I never try and say like, dude, I loved it when Hogan was on top. Like, no, I like, I although I was kind of around for that. Oh, I loved Macho Man Hogan when the Mega Powers exploded. That was fucking great. Like, I wasn't even alive, Gino. You weren't watching wrestling yet, so this is just hipster wrestling take. How we got to keep our credibility, Gino. The, the people are leaving. I know people. Are leaving. We need to have more what the fuck did Gino even say? What did you say, Gino? Raven. Yes, so we the ROH had this feud that I was a big fan of after going back and watching it back, where we had CM Punk versus Raven. CM Punk was basically kind of a heel. He was piece of shit. You know, we know, we know. We all watched it too. He doesn't know. Malachi, I don't think watched ROH to know the heel CM Punk was the best. We've all watched that portion of ROH though. We've all watched the Summer of Punk stuff. We've watched him and Raven, and we've watched we've watched CM Punk and Joe. We've watched CM Punk. We've seen it. And Nathan knows. Nathan's a big fan. He loves wrestling in a dark alley. That's true. So that's why he understands. So he can follow that I'm saying that the old CM Punk basically is now MJF. And old Raven is CM Punk. Now, that was the story we were telling. We were just retelling the exact same thing in AEW because AEW owned ROH now so they're like hey remember ROH we could just do all this because we have all the yeah it's, it sounds like to. it sounds like lazy repetitive booking is what you're telling me it's like oh my gosh we're doing the storyline again oh man that's what it sounds like Gino it's been so many years after so it's a nice callback god damn it that would make I loved it no I you're yeah, you're right the first time fucking lazy so okay you said WFS says they used an out of context CM Punk clip it's not a retelling Gino but yeah so the, the the thing about the devil I mean he made one line about that it's not like they were doing the whole storyline the greatest because we all knew Raven existed back then Gino Raven was an ECW champion that's true, but what I'm saying is like the entire time again, before the dog collar match, CM Punk is being choked the fuck out. And MJF during that time when CM Punk's being choked out, he says, You stupid old man, I'm a snake. And he did the exact same pro. So it's not out of context, Kevin. Pay attention. You weren't paying attention this whole year to CM Punk MJF you like I was, goddamn. <laughs> I do agree with Kevin. Uh, CM Punk was wearing a, a scarf and he was a rich guy from Long Island back then. And Raven was a straight-edge libertard. So here we go. All-out media scrum. You sent me some important highlights from the scrum. Uh, I don't watch these. So did everyone watch this after the show? Was this a big ordeal? This was a big ordeal, especially this time. So the very first thing, because Punk, this entire Punk bit is, I think, the most important. And then the TK after is important. As now, when you this say important, is, what do you mean, like wrestling-wise, or, or, or did you did this change your life? Like, did you get a job after you heard this clip? After like all this with CM Punk, it's we now have also backstage shit that happened all because of what Punk says. Because remember that promo Punk cut where he was like a hydrate spell. He was like. I was born at Christ Hospital with a cord around my neck, blue in the face. Once he started saying all that, I went and said prayers for all newborn babies, and I went to the gym, bro. 
Again, that's good that you went to the gym for that, but this media scrum is going to probably change your perspective on AEW, the perspective of the EVPs, your perspective of even Hangman Page to realize what Punk has to say about all this. All right, here we go. You did improv. Four kids are just as bright and just as talented as white Thank kids. you so much for all the hype. Ricardo's just trying to get us all water. What did you do improv with? Hmm. Okay, so you... All right, hold on. We got to make this louder, Gino. Gino, your volume's nice and loud tonight, so that's... Let me make this a little louder. I got the volume booster. Let's turn this motherfucker up. Let's turn it up 70%. How's that sound? Answer yourself, a journalist. Would you say you're friends with Scott Colton? So you're not friends with him? Oh, wow. Well, that makes two of us. Whoa. My point is, he doesn't like if you Colton fancy Hannah. yourself a journalist, even if it's for the silly world of professional wrestling. Wait, why is his voice like that? Is it, What is happening? Is that him talking? For some reason, it's there. YouTube has it very low pitched, so everyone sounds evil <laughs> when you can actually pick it up on the <laughs> microphone. Because if you watch like Denise Alcide or anyone else's, it's normal. But for some reason, YouTube video upload is like low pitched. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that was a little scary. I thought, is Punk doing a fake voice all the time? And this is his real voice? Like, that's what it sounded like. Okay. You have journalists integrity people who report things mostly that are bullshit and slanderous lies against myself if you are friends with somebody you blew my spot if you're not friends with them i apologize but you should probably disclose who you're friends with um i haven't had anything to do with scott colton in almost a decade probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that it's fucking unfortunate that i have to come up here and speak on this when i'm on my time and this is a fucking business uh why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. <laughs> but my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. Holy my problem shit. was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You is that really it. what he feels? Is that what happened? Because... When when Punk was out on the top, there was a Cole Cabana who was always kind of singing his praises on that podcast. Like he was like a huge supporter of Punk. I felt. But do you, do you go back, Gino? Now I know you always watch wrestling a year after it happened. Do you go back now and listen to those Art of Wrestlings and go, man, this guy hated CM Punk? I don't know if I would ever like. I might go back to listen just to see if he's genuine because that might be the other thing. He might be just trying to ride CM Punk's coattails, be like, "Oh, see, I'm CM Punk's friend. I'm using this to make myself good over and make people interested in me because I like CM Punk and he's my friend." He might be using his name to just get clout. But why? But why friends. then? By Punk's logic here, Punk just said somebody didn't want me at the top. He even said it with that weird voice. So, like, why would he, Kevin? Where's the weird voice? Get that. Get that clip. Uh, why would uh, why would Punk like why wouldn't Scott Colton Colt Cabana why wouldn't he want Punk at the top if his goal was I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch my wagon to CM Punk the shooting star that is CM Punk but I don't want him at the top I don't want him at the top top I want him just high enough I want him to mention me on Raw but I don't want him to get to the top like that makes no sense everything about Everything about leeching yourself onto somebody is because you think they're going to the top. It's not like you're going to hope they get to the middle. And that's something like I don't know like the entire context. And that's why I'm hoping we eventually get a Cole Cabana to speak out on this because he hasn't yet. Because that would be very big to see because there's other stuff he says. But that bit does make me wonder. This seems like it's real. It seems like this is genuinely punk. But at the same time, I know how good punk is as a worker. He could be working. But I do feel part of this is shoot. It seems real. 
so again, we'll continue on because I think there's even more we'll elaborate on. This, this seemed real. I, I didn't even consider. Like he's covered in blood, pulling tape off at a media thing. I didn't know who's the media, by the way. Is this like Denise Salcido's and shit? Like, it should me and Kevin be at these things? We could. I'm, I'm sure we probably could because yeah, we have Denise Salcido. We actually have Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Izzy, AJ from the AJ's Awesome Show. We have all these media guys here. Jealousy? You call it envy? Wait, are Stephen Larson there? No, they decided not to show up in Chicago. They oh, want to do their God. Twitch live stream, watch along of this. Oh, that, <laughs> thank goodness for all that. Then I'm glad they all they did all those things you said. Whatever the fuck it is, my relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. Holy shit! I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, "I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer, and you do not have to pay anymore." That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. What's wrong with that? Do you want to elaborate on that part, Gino? I think my mom has access to one of my bank accounts. So if you did like a deep dive into my financials, people would say, shares an account with his mother. Like, she just, I've had that account since I was 13, you know. What the hell? I think it's more like because if that is like his only account, so his only source of like money and the revenue goes to him is also hers. So like she's also getting involved and he's like, I if this is between us, it should only be between us. So that's why he also talks about the subpoena he gives to her because that she should not be involved. She doesn't want to be involved. And Colt then says, let's just drop all this. It's it's weird why he brings it up, especially because he's heated. He's upset. Like, he's just fucking so tired after that match. Like, he's just not caring what he's saying, not filtering. It's just coming right from his brain, just coming right out. <laughs> oh, it's so honesty? Like, Is that what you're saying? Well, he doesn't mean what he's saying. It's just all honesty. And in, in, in the chat, I agree with what Kevin's saying here. Like, the only reason you would bring that up like is because you're trying to paint a picture of a loser. You're trying to make this guy look like a piece of shit. Like this happens when you're whenever you're talking down an opponent or down an, a, a rival or the opposition. You do kind of throw a dig in there. Like how do I make this person seem? It's like O.J. Simpson in that whole trial. I mean, they really were just trying to make it seem like the 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 prosecution. How how can you take anything these guys say as credible because of this this and this and this and this? They really didn't even. It was a bunch of look over here. So. Punk can be doing all this shady shit, but he's going to make you devalue. Like, if, if I was ever explaining the character of Sonic Gino and be, and be like, yeah, he lives at home, you know, in his basement. And, you know, like immediately saying that is painting a picture of degradation. So him doing what he just did is the same thing. Like, yeah, he shares a big account with his mother. What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, so maybe he does just have still animosity and dislike for for Colt. For Scott, especially because of all the stuff that came out about, like, oh, it's Punk's fault, and all these people believe it's Punk's fault, and he came, went out to business for himself after Pangman did the same, because he feels like it's all Punk's fault. Marcia Colton. Yeah, like, I shared a bank account with my mom. This is bullshit. Is Punk saying I'm a loser, too? Like, hey, there's a bank account that she opened with me back in 2003. So, yeah, go back and do deep dive on me. Like, why is that relevant? Fuck this guy. And... Going into business for himself, is that when you mean like him on the microphone when he made that comment? Yeah, which he did respond to because Tangman did the same thing about the comment about workers' rights, which is all about yeah, fucking Colt, and now we believe like it's all Colt's fault. It was Punk that caused Colt to be fired, but 
it's not, but it could be. We still don't know. I don't know how. I, the, with how they've also used scrums to be works, I now sometimes don't know how much is really a shoot and how much is a work, but I do believe this is a shoot. Him talking all this shit and hating Scott Coleman is real, I believe. As soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him want nothing to do with him do not care where he works where he doesn't work where he eats where he sleeps and the fact that i have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing did he leave wwe in 2014 what does he mean like that interview that he did like that the biggest podcast in youtube history in my opinion because like uh it got ripped out from every feed that there was so all you have you can still listen to it like re-ups on youtube and I will go back every once in a while and just listen to that because it is one of my favorite like art of wrestling's ever because it is just two friends kind of bullshitting. That was definitely in like May or June because he got married in June of 2014. So that podcast had to be in July or August of 2014. It did. So I guess thing. So yeah, if we do try to find like the dates where he specifically does feel like he's no longer been friends with Colt, so he's. Still was friends during the court case. At least respected Colt to do this because they both were helping each other <laughs> through that situation. So it wasn't so even during then he hated him. Like maybe it was during the court that maybe Dr. Armanovitz got what they wanted. It was to him to hate each other. Him and his friend were no longer going to become friends <laughs> after this court case. That's why the next court case. It was definitely it was definitely like an inception. Like, hey, we're not going to win this case. But what we can do is ruin a friendship. So Jerry McDivitt, Vince McMahon. I mean, they all, they all got together and they, they tried to find a way to make Punk and Colt no longer friends. So even if no money is made and WWE loses the suit, at least Punk loses a friendship. I, do you know? That's exactly what happened. I'm in, I'm with you now. F fuck this guy. It was all about WWE ruining a friendship. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to go to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Fuck the Pittsburgh Penguins. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? I Fuck the Blackhawks, bro. Is this guy for real? So, okay, so Hangman went on TV and like made the comment about, "Well, that was that's Hangman's friend, by the way." Uh, so he was, or so he was sticking up and yeah, maybe that maybe punk did have nothing to do with like the direct Colt getting fired or Colt being, he's part of ROH. So he's not even technically fired. Uh, what a weird little rant that was. That was fascinating. Gino. what else did you want to comment on for that? Cause that was, first of all, the penguins. What's, I mean, I, I don't even like the penguins, but fuck this guy for liking the, the Blackhawks.
I this just it keeps going because like he does continue on with the EP. It's like the whole CM Punk bit here, like the whole like it's close to twenty minutes. It's all gold because CM Punk just goes off on like how much he hates these EVPs and the situation that he got in because right the EVPs aren't doing their fucking job to actually make sure that the truth comes out. They want to be fine with like oh people say it's a group of people even though it might not be the EVP saying that it's CM Punk's fault or Cole left because or got fired because CM Punk or all these fake news reports that have been seen as true because of what people say about it. it's again i kind of am on the side of punk to some degree i do believe and agree that some of this is bullshit and the evps or the actual people charged should be doing a better job and that's why hopefully these promotions we recently made will help fix this goddamn company what I, what I, so hold on so the evps are really just the Young Bucks and Kenny, right? Are there any other EVPs? Those are the only people that use the name EVPs in AEW. So wouldn't they know if Colt's getting fired or released? Wouldn't they know that? Yes, but I believe, again, T-W-F-S-S what they could be doing is all live for their friends. Oh, timestamps from Kevin Cool. Go ahead, Gino. You're doing great. I do believe it's all like bullshit from Mr. Punk just deciding, hey, everything, like it is just these EVPs are just lying because they want to save and protect their friend because that's what a friend should do. You lie for your friends to protect But not in a business. Like, hold on. Okay, so you're... What? So, Gino, I, I know that you like Punk as a wrestler. You think he's a, a good champion. But clearly, so they're going to make up a lie? Like, like hey, uh, hey uh, Hangman, uh, sorry that Colt's going to be... He's no longer with Dark Order. He's actually going to be released from AEW. We're going to move him to Ring of Honor. Uh, any reason why, guys? Well, Tony just, you know, Tony just thinks it's better. Like, you think that's what happened? Like, what do you mean? Like, of course they would know the reasoning why certain roster moves are made. I mean, I don't know what their real role is as EVPs, but I know that Kenny was heavily involved with the female division, and I know the Young Bucks handled the tag division, so I don't know I don't know what their real roles are anymore, but they wouldn't know if somebody's getting released. They may, but at the same time, it's also not just the people backstage, it's those reporters, and that's why we have these reports that CM Punk is talking shit about, people that should be not, they need to disclose this information, I do feel like. If you are friends, like, actually connected with these people, or being paid by these people, you should disclose that information, but sometimes people don't, and they decide to present these lies that are just slander. Alright, that's... All right, I'm with you. I'm with you, Gino. I'm gonna agree with you for that one. All right, I'm gonna play. Kevin sent me some timestamps. Let's get some reactions. Let's see what's going on now with our best friend CM Punk, Tony Khan. See, this company was so awesome when we thought it was like Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and Jericho, and now look where we're at. Like this is what this is the poster of this company. This guy's eating a fucking muffin. This guy hasn't. I mean, that's just his hair on purpose. So let's see what they got. If you're an EVP, you don't try to middle your top babyface. Try to get your niche audience that's on the internet to hate him for some made-up bullshit rumor. Really pisses me off. Stepping on your own dick, trying to fucking, you know, make money, sell tickets, fill arenas, and these stupid guys think they're in Reseda. Holy shit. So wait, hold on. Wow. That was insane. So that's direct to the Young Bucks. So, uh, wow. Okay. So... This guy, though, do you not think this company will... They were selling out these arenas without Punk. They were selling out some of the arenas, but they weren't able to get these million-dollar buys like CM Punk. CM Punk got them to that million-dollar the first time. Thanks to Punk. 
Wait, which which so this was this the first? Him and Hangman was the million dollar one. The first was him and Hangman. Him and Hangman. Punk. Okay, so that was a Punk. But you don't think that they could have got there without CM Punk? Like it, it seemed like this co- this company had everything going well for it. We want. We were watching this shit during a pandemic when they didn't have people there. Like this guy showed up, and and that's what saved this company. This company was great with or without him. Remember the summer of Mox? That was the best part of the main event. Was they kept talking about what was the summer of Punk that never was? It, we needed. We need, dude. Can you imagine if Matt Stryker was there? You know, this was supposed to be the summer of Punk, but uh, due to an unfortunate foot injury, it became the summer of Mox. And the man who loves violence is ready to break that foot one more time. That would have been awesome. All out sucked. There was no Matt Stryker. That's true. Matt Stryker came back, or even at the very least, Scott DeMore should have announced for that trio's match with the Mostly Machine Guns to make it feel more special. Dominic D'Angelo at freeshows.com. Uh, Punk last time. <laughs> at freeshows.com made it up. We were here last year. I asked you about like Terry Funk and his influence, like yeah. the legacy going on. Kind of, uh, dude. I am, sh- I am shocked that he said that. Like that was so outright. Fuck the young bucks. They never booked anything anyway. Here I am showing up to a company that was nothing. I mean, this company didn't didn't exist when Punk left the industry to go make fucking comic books and get his ass kicked in the UFC. So now he's walking into a company that's already on the upward swing because it's the complete opposite of WWE. It does cater to the internet marks. CM Punk. And now he's trying to say, like, they're trying to book this shit like it's like a cool indie fed. I'm trying to make this shit like WWE. And that might be the case. That's why I do feel like the rest of this discussion that he has, like, especially this next question where he talks about Hangman even more. It's very interesting, especially when we do know, like, Punk's perspective of things. And then we see, like, Jericho as well and, like, how they see things because they are the forward enemy guys. They're their top, top guys that should be listened to and have these, like, meetings all about like how things should be done how things should be run to hopefully make this better especially since they have more eyes on them now since they have their new deal hopefully coming up with discovery since the whole discovery uh, merger what does that mean they have the contract that they're still running right now but they're eventually have to have a new tv deal and it possibly is going to be with tnt or possibly with discovery because that whole merger that just recently happened that's the whole thing that's important the whole hbo and uh discovery shit with tnt with all right, I got, got it, Gino. Jeez. I don't, don't choke on that sentence, all right? You're, you're doing great. Locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has, isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say, I don't really take advice. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know? That's stupid. I'm on a team with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and I, I don't need I don't need to work on my swing. You don't. I'm not going to listen to these guys. He named he named a bunch of dudes that did steroids. You know. So okay, I kind of agree with a little bit of that. But is CM Punk, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sosa? Which one is he? He's not just saying about CM like himself. He is kind of. But at the same time, there's people like when Terry Funk was there. We had Dean Malenko. We have Mark Henry, William Regal. These legends who could help him. And Hangman literally said. Yeah, I might be stubborn. I just listen. I don't listen heavily because I don't really take advice. I'm not good with advice. I just sometimes only listen and just do what I think is right, which is, I think, again, a stupid way to do it because when you have people who have worked this business, know what the fuck they're doing and can teach you the right way to do things, the perfect way to do things, like a Malenko, like Mark Henry, William Regal, you should at least listen as hard as you can to understand what they're trying to say, and then you could use that and then maybe improve 
with your own ideas as well. Be you a better wrestler. But you don't think he has taken some of their advice? I know that that's like a hip thing. Wow, you nod immediately. Like, come on. A lot of his matches, do you? I see a lot of Dean Malenko in there. Like, I don't I don't know what he hasn't. Like, what has he done wrong then? Let's say that. Like, has he been too liberal? Like, what has he come out wearing butterfly pants? Like, what was the thing that he's done that he couldn't have gotten from somebody else? And wasn't that just, like, I know that Hangman gave himself that critique and maybe that was him saying, like, I should be taking more advice. Or maybe that was, yeah, a lot of these guys just show up and want to give you a bunch of advice. But, like, I have been doing this on my own a certain way for several years. It's gotten me this far. I've partnered myself up with the mentors and the people that, like, I mean, this happens a lot even in the professional world. You know you know what I'm about to say. Like, you know, you, you line yourself up with the people that you know are successful but also have the right attitude. So maybe sometimes when a new mentor comes in and they're like, listen here, kid. I've been successful in sales for this long and I've written this many books and blah, blah, blah. But you just, you're around that person and you see the vibe and you see the other people that are following that person. You don't want to follow that person. You don't want to be one of those guys. So maybe for, for Hangman Page, who we already know is like a, a way different animal. I mean, he's a former teacher. Like this is a different kind of person. This isn't a wrestler. Like this isn't Scott Hall making towns, brother, brother. So what, but what, like, Walk me through that exactly. Like, what has he done that's like, dude, you should have been taking more advice from this person or, like, I don't know. Like, I see – I think he has – he's been trained. He took advice from somebody at some point. And he has. And, like, my whole big thing is I do feel with us understanding and seeing the person he is again, knowing he is a former teacher, hearing, like, his interview with Renee Packett and knowing that he is very much an introverted guy. It's like he probably doesn't – like he only listens to people he knows he can trust and feels he can trust so he might not even listen to advice from people who would be able to give him the advice he needs to really improve and be a better wrestler because his friends are who he really trusts and would really listen hard on anything they have to say compared to someone who wants to help him improve and actually cares for him to be better because he just feels his friends and maybe and I didn't listen to that Renee Packett podcast but I like I'm saying maybe look he's gotten to a certain level so if he's taking advice from certain people not saying that it's just the young bucks and Kenny I mean let's throw a couple let's uh, there's other people that those guys have all circled their careers around and hangman has been you know he did work in ROH and he's worked other places too who trained him wasn't he's trained to compete I mean he's gotta there's gotta be people that he does trust so maybe it does turn into a bit of a I don't like to take advice from everybody. And look, look, hey, that could be a critique or that could be a blessing. Like, But to, for Punk to just say, like, I'm Barry Bonds. Listen to everything that I say. I've done wrestling right the entire time. I don't know. That's a little rude. And again, I could be comparing himself to that or just the people in his locker. Because he does bring up our locker room is full of all these people. He bring, Again, he says Mark Henry to uh, fucking William Regal, Dima Lincoln. That you could be taking advice from them with a short time. All remember CM Punk's great advice to Rusev. That's true. He saved Rusev's career. I mean, he, he, this is a great advice giver. I didn't play the entire. Let me let me play it out a little bit and see what else he says. Um, you know, Kingston being the second best Kingston, which is a pretty great line. Um, you Tony know, loved uh, it. But our locker room, for all the wisdom and brilliance it has isn't worth shit when you have an empty-headed idiot who's never done anything in the business do public interviews and say i don't really take advice who the fuck do you think you are you <laughs> know that sounds so That's evil stupid i'm on a team with barry bonds mark mcguire sammy sosa 
and I, I don't need I don't need to work on my swing. You don't. I'm not going to listen to these guys. They're going to tell me how to swing a baseball. Fucking go fuck yourself. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I dare you to fucking say that this Terry Funk's face. I don't need to listen to you, Mister Funk. I know what I'm doing. Fucking Did he, is that exactly what he said though, or is that just paraphrasing? Like he said he didn't need advice from Funk, so that's how CM Punk took it. Like pff, I, I'm good, Mister Funk. I, I don't need it. I'm sure there's basic paraphrasing, or maybe he did see Terry Funk spoke to him, and then he pretty much like in one ear out the other. Not saying again, Pingman probably didn't say anything. He just like was like, "Yes, thank you," and then just walked past because he doesn't take advice. He doesn't listen hard. I'm gonna have to listen to this CM Punk or not CM Punk. What's the other guy's name? Uh, Hangman Page. I'm gonna have to listen to Renee. Last time I listened to Renee's show, I didn't like it. So I mean, I'll do another one, Gino, and I have to watch this whole scrum. This shit's amazing. So we got some more timestamps from the man himself. And and Tyler did message me. I was like right in the middle of something, and he was like, "Do this punk video." I was like, "What?" I'm not even at, I'm not even at the computer right now. So I should have talked to Kevin. We would have crushed this. I would have shat on punk the whole night. So two, four, Gino, were you, were you saying all these things last night? I was agreeing with punk this entire time. I'm still agreeing with punk, even though part of me is like, some of this could be a work. The Eve. <laughs> and cause like, especially what happens later, but now we know it's not a work. It's a shoot. But at first, like the entire like night of Sunday, I was like, this has to be work. The young bucks just walked out after this. But then we know the actual truth of what happened. It's fucking wild. Why did the Young Bucks walk out? Because of the whole EVP thing. They were supposed to, like, apparently they were supposed to have, like, a part of the scrum. They decided not to. And because of the comments that Punk made about them. But then other stuff I will discuss after the scrum. I think Max is uh, a, a supremely talented individual. Um, but this goes for him and anybody else in the locker room that doesn't want to be here. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. <laughs> and Max hold on Lace. tell that to yourself you piece of shit like you want to talk about taking advice isn't this the guy that left wwe like oh i'm not gonna main event mania bye i'm not gonna show up for five months and then when you guys send me a pink slip on my wedding day i'm gonna say i didn't get or i didn't quit i was fired like no you fucking idiot is this for real gino you still agree with this guy the grass is not we say this He's at work learned all the time. from his mistakes he learned from his failures that's what you do when you make a mistake that when you make that choice you live with that and you learn from that so he's learned that yes it's not green on the other side AEW is not greener than a wwe or ufc he realized he has to water this and make this better that's what cm punk is doing right now i agree with punk he's making this better <laughs> You agreeing with Punk is like agreeing with like the, the quitter. This is the guy that here he's telling you. He's telling you, MJF, or telling Malachi Black, you guys, I mean, pff, you guys, if you quit, you guys are stupid uh, because the grass is greener where you water it. Trust me, I didn't water my fucking grass, and now I work here, and I make all you guys feel miserable and like pieces of shit for wanting to leave. Like he's, he's being the Vince McMahon or the Triple H of AEW right now. Like, pff, go ahead and go. You guys are going to fucking hate it. Like, you guys are going to be unemployed for seven years. Like, is this for real? I can't believe you're agreeing with this guy. This is like, this is the most anti-wrestler thing anyone's ever said. And that's the point. He's a better wrestler because he's the anti-wrestler. He's realized that this is the new camp. We either have the EVP camp or the CM Punk camp, which deep down I do feel like this is where Cody camp was that we all were originally for. But Cody never had the balls to say the shit that CM Punk's willing to say. What? No, Cody went to WWE. Punk's saying the exact opposite. Punk's like, no, you guys should stay here because it's way better. I'm going to water the grass for you and sell out arenas, and you're just going to have to kiss my ass and listen to my advice. To, uh, you know, 
shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. So, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how that goes. Thanks, Izzy. <laughs> Izzy. Uh, John Alba podcast. Heat. Uh, Punk, a year ago we were in this room and it was after Adam Cole had debuted, Brian Danielson had debuted, and you said that it, it had the feeling of Bash at the Beach oh boy. where where there was Did that I say energy. That? It was that Did energy. Did I say that? And uh, uh, a year later, here you are, world champion, uh, through the trials and tribulations. What's your honest assessment of the last year for you personally and professionally? Um. Like I, I know it sounds like, again, it sounds like a pretty ridiculous statement, you know, but I would like to think, and again, in five years, you know, you'll, you'll, okay. you'll see the impact of it. Um, I don't know, dude. This is, I, I think this guy's more full of himself than I think you're, 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 you're saying, you know, I think this, you would hate this guy if he was WWE, but he's AEW. I don't get it. Like this guy, he is being the worst guy. He's putting down guys that we've liked for several years, guys that built this company. Like these guys were pioneers that, didn't want to go to WWE. All, you talk about listening to this dumb podcast. I've listened to all the talk is Jericho's with the Young Bucks. And, you know, they had that conversation where once their Ring of Honor deals were up, they were going to go to WWE. They just said, okay, I guess we're going to WWE now. And they decided against it. That They, they started this own. They wanted to go with the all-in pay-per-view. Uh, Vince McMahon, do you guys really think you can change the world? Like, that was an awesome dude. Come on. They thought they could, and they did. They built this little company up, and then this guy shows up, and he's like, I'm still not reading this, bro. I'm fucking eating a muffin at this thing. Like, everything about this guy is such a big douchebag, and you're over here loving him. This is like, this is uh, Brock Lesnar showing up at Money in the Bank and just winning the briefcase, which is awesome, that, by the way. It was awesome. That's the, this is why punk is awesome. There's great moments of punk. And this is the year of punk. This is the year AEW will finally improve even bigger. What do you mean because finally we're gonna improve? Have these work shoots. We're going to have work shoots now because we don't know what's real anymore. You don't know. We don't know anymore. It's all over the place. Drama is real. I'm very sad today that I had to get up here and, and, and say his name. He doesn't fucking deserve it uh, and talk about it. But facts are facts, you know. Name two people. Okay. This that great. have made the most money off the name CM Punk. Oh, I don't think. Name two people, Gino. Well, I know the answer, so I will not spoil it for you. Okay. My guesses are going to be Vince McMahon. And my other guess is going to be. My other guess is going to be two people. There's, gotta, there's only two, so there's a very limited amount. Dixie Carter. I think you're there yet? The first one's Vince McMahon. I was right, Gino. So Second one's Dixie Carter. One's Scott Colton. Oh, what a dick. That's true, though. <laughs> I hope you all have a good night. Please be more responsible with the news you get from certain people. And uh, just remember, we're human beings. Thank you. Are you? Because you murder, you, you're okay Thank with you. murdering Thank human you. beings before they're born. Bro, Larry got one of the biggest pops of the night earlier. He got Lucy ran down the, the thing. Pops. It was fucking great. TK laughing. Like, this guy. Does he just, is he this guy's bitch? Like, this guy runs the thing, right? CM Punk's huge. Tony's just a little mark. Uh, what is this? This is embarrassing. Here's the thing I've realized. When I Thank was you, watching this back, TK is working the whole thing. He's the businessman who's making you, like, he's giving you these expressions because, yes, this is how he feels. But he wants you to feel them as well because he's working this whole thing. He's the mastermind. He is in control of this whole situation. All right, it looks like a little bitch letting one guy talk shit about his whole roster. Let's... I don't know if we'll quite hit that, but I do think uh, 
it's going to be uh, in that range. So uh, very good, given the competition that we've never faced before. This is kind of an unprecedented marker, in my opinion. But it's still the, the number is the number, and I have to face the competition out there. But when I compared myself to Jim Crockett Promotions this weekend, I think I got a taste of the same medicine Jim Crockett Promotions took. But I have a lot more fucking money than Jim Crockett did. And I'm not going to get – I'm serious. I'm not going to sit back and take this fucking shit. Which fucking shit? What was it? They be having two other shows because again last year all out Labor Day weekend there were no shows this year they had two other shows faced they were the third show of that weekend so he thought like the number is not going to be at that million he's not going to be right where he thought he was going to be from last year it's not going to be improvement it might be the second best all out ball because there be had Clash the Castle and Worlds Collide even though again he said three even though there were also then three GCW shows that same week but he doesn't see GCW's competition that they had pay-per-views that technically count god damn it so there were six and he was the sixth one that's what matters but no he's like that we were the third he doesn't see GCW as the real competition it is yeah what a douchebag because even even so like remember we talked about Bound for Glory because no offense you know my favorite wrestling company in the world is Impact Wrestling and when Josh Alexander and Bound for Glory is getting fucking bumped for an episode of Saturday Night Dynamite, I was so offended. So now, now look, this is the man. This is the guy that we're all moving our shit for. The guy was like, I got way more fucking money than Jim Crockett. I got way more fucking money than Scott Demore. I got way more fucking money than Brian Lauderdale. What's his name? Brett Lauderdale. Brett Lauderdale. I'm going to remember it once, all right? I know Lauderdale every time. I always say Greg or Brian or James. So the Lauderdale guy, I got way more fucking money than him. I got way more fucking money than Core Power. Like, it's just this conceited nonsense where it's like, I'm just going to throw as much money as I can. And by the way, yeah, maybe do that then. Have a, have a show on the WWE weekend. Like, that's fine. You're worried about your buy rate. Get a network then. Maybe get some, yeah, 10 bucks a month. I'll watch your shit all the time. You can put a weekly event up and I will watch it or monthly event, a monthly premium live event, and I will watch. I, I still pay $5 for that fucking impact one. And Victory Road, it seems like it's been taking forever to get there, Gino. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, what a douchebag. Are you okay with this? Like, you're a poor man living in a basement. Aren't you annoyed that this rich asshole in a hoodie is pretending to be, like, a commoner? And what I'm more upset about is, like, that Tony Khan's, like, he's clearing some Jim Crock, and I guess I could see that. But at the same time, he's WWE now. Because WWE had these two events, and G-State has all these events on Chicago, the same place, and they're like again, picking up the scrums with the Indies too, just like what they would do for WrestleMania. Yeah. Tony Khan needs to realize he's WWE now, and there is competition, so competition will put their shows around your event as well. And he's like, this is not fucking fair. My show's not going to do so well. It's going to be the this third of the weekend, and my show's no one's going to buy that as much as they would if it was just the only show. And he's complaining, but at the same time, he's like, I'm going to fucking make my shows even better now with all my fucking money I have. Well, and how about putting a rampage after a SmackDown? Like, you're not trying to take advantage of a wrestling audience on a Friday night. Like, the, like clearly that's what that move was. Like, there's always going to be – you're always going to be playing off the big dog, even if WWE is slightly bigger just because they've been there longer. Like, for him to act like, who are these people? Like, And first of all, was that NXT shit? Was that in Chicago? That wasn't in Chicago. No, that was in the Performance Center. It actually was the one of the matches I think was even better than any match in all of That was Ricochet and the A champion, Carmelo Hayes. So why is this guy? But but the thing that annoys me with WrestleMania is all these indies show up and have shows in Dallas. And then Thunder Rosa complains like, if I'm booking a, a wrestler to fly here, they're going to work for me. And if you book them on your shows, you need to split the plane ticket with me. 
Like, I think that's really, like, just stupid. Like, clearly, you're just piggybacking off of WWE. Why don't you just give them the money and they'll book all the travel for all the indie talent? How do you have a WrestleCon and not hook WWE up with anything? So, if they want to have a Fan Fest or an NXT during the morning, they should just run that whole fucking weekend. So, but at least with TK, he's saying, yeah, Chicago, GCW was in Chicago. Like, people were actually in the same city as he was. And he's, like, okay with them doing that kind of stuff. Like, how many G, it was probably a GCW event happening during the scrum. So, how, how could he have all these GCW things happening and all these other indies? But as soon as WWE has something on their own subscription service, why does that, why does he care about that? I have no idea why he cares so much. Again, he cares about that Byron. He's like, because he was the third show of the major promotions of that weekend, he's like, that affected my numbers so much, and he's like so pissed off. So now he's realized, and this is what I do hope, is that he does use his money now to make his shows better, to make his four pay-per-views even bigger and better, and not just by putting in like nearly 20 matches on a car. Yeah, I was going to say, what would you do to make the pay-per-views better? Get rid of Hobbs and, Sh- and Hobbs and Shaw. Get rid of Hobbs and Starks and make trim them down. Because Clash of the Castle was, what, six matches? It was great. Like, it felt like I- UFC does this, you know. Their, their pay-per-views are five fights, and they feel so important. There's only five of them. They have prelims. You can watch those if you want. They have main events to those prelims as well. So there is a reason to kind of tune in early. Get the beers on ice. Watch some fights. Then the beers are cold. Now you're watching the pay-per-view with with wwe they have shortened all their events to like six matches which at first was kind of annoying like i I grew up in like an eight match era eight match per card and now i'm sitting here watching six you can't even book a whole thing for me but if nxt taught me anything five matches is all you need for a great event like nxt takeovers were fantastic with five match cards and maybe something on a pre-show so if tk is like you want to go against me 30 match cards i think that's going to hurt more than help it will it'll be like the entire day. He's going to be like, no, if you have, like, if they were to be at the same place as Tony Khan and it was like a premium live event, both shows, TK's idea is going to be like 30 matches the whole day. You just get to sit here for 12 hours, not able to leave, not even watch anything else but my promotion. Well, in AEW, like just six great matches. And AEW is that, though. Like, WWE, we have Raw, we have SmackDown, we have NXT. But AEW does have a lot of stuff that I'm not going to watch. Like, Dark, I've, I've, I don't watch that. Dark Elevation is the same thing. Rampage, I don't really watch. I'll watch Dynamite. I love Dynamite. Battle of the Belts, I don't really tune in for that. Like, they'll do other things. And, they, you know, uh, Conrad Thompson talked about content creation. Like, he, when Bruce, this was a very old episode, but Bruce was talking about, you know, live events are here to stay. Like, fans want to go to a live event. And Conrad was like, no, nobody wants to go to a live event. It's all about content creation. People just want to stay home and watch their shit. And that's what AEW is running with. AEW is, if we're having matches happening, they're going to be recorded. We're either going to put them up on YouTube or on TBS or TNT, Bleacher Report. You're going to watch wrestling somewhere. And WWE is like, no, we have our television shows and we have our premium live events once a month. But other than that, when we're in your town, come and see the superstars live. You know, come on down. And AEW doesn't really do that. They've only had like five house shows in their existence. So it's just a different model. So I don't know if like his idea of, hey, are you guys going to have an event our weekend? Fine. I'm going to have the private party versus bear country on, you know, on the main stage. It's going to be like a festival every weekend. And that's the whole thing. Like, it's weird. Tony Khan, we're going to be learning more and more of him, like, especially now with him realizing that he has to be in more 
defensive. He has to build up his company more and realize that I need to use this money and be aggressive. Oh shit! All right, so this went like super viral. Like this was a big deal. I I guess when whenever these would happen, I didn't really know that we were all supposed to watch them because I saw. Because remember when Triple H would be like live on Facebook after NXT shows? Like who was watching that? Who watched the press conference after Clash? Now I need to watch all this stuff. This is just a podcast. I, I gotta have to. I'm gonna have to listen to these now when I'm driving. Tony, thank you for the time and a great show today. Thank you. And you know, you look at, you see your thank biggest, you. without a doubt, your biggest star. There's nothing more like. Do you hear the way he said thank you, Gino? You know this guy's a villain. Thank you. Like I deserve that. Remember when he booked? He had those women's matches on the NWA card, and he's like, nobody thank me for that. I had most most of the t most of that card was AEW talent. Nobody thank me for that. I'm all about women's wrestling. Your biggest mainstream attraction, and he goes off the rails a little bit towards your EVPs. Another one of your big, one of your big young stars, and yep. you as the leader of the ship. That face. How do you try the best to fuse the entire situation? That is a dicey situation, and it is uh, contentious it is and uh, frankly challenging. But I have to do what's best for the sake of the company and everybody you're talking about are great professional wrestlers with big reputations people that uh and some of them have been around from the beginning of the company some of them have been around uh just for about a year now but the fact is these are people that drive revenue and they help create jobs for everyone so i'm not gonna uh you know comment on uh, what you may have heard here but the fact is like i said earlier this week it's no secret a lot of professional wrestlers don't like each other but i think now it's probably more out in the open than it's been in a while I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for the pro wrestling business, given what the product that we produce is and it's wrestling matches and it involves tension and people wanting to fight. And people know there's a lot of people that want to fight each other around here now. And, and I don't think that's terrible. Wait, so you thought that was fake, but you thought that was a work. I, that sounded like a very reasonable answer. And he even mentioned that he doesn't think it's a bad thing. Like he looks at them like assets a little bit. <laughs> like That's the whole thing is that he sees them as the assets, as the, again, there are all brands and we're wanting to have our company do very well. So he's seeing that these, all these people are possibly having these shoots, these actual shoots that we can then make into works. Cause even earlier he talks about the drama that he does in suit. He talks about comparing it to the nineties, compared to the big height when you did have drama, when you had the real shit in WCW where you weren't sure what is a work, what is a shoot, because we did mix the two worlds together where you weren't sure anymore. That's what he's trying to hear by using the actual drama that might be all shoot, but it also make that into work. That's why the whole MJF thing did well, and he realized that did so well. I could do more like this. I could make more work shoots like this. Like the Sammy Eddie could be turned into a work shoot type situation. Wait, what MJF thing? What does that mean? The whole MJF, when he did the whole pipe bomb, left out. We did have the crowd. We had the cameraman, so we know that was all the work. But him saying that, then never showing up for months and months in TK, making sure not comment on that because he's working the whole people, making them think, oh, he could be going WB. He could be leaving. He could just be waiting on his contract. We don't know, but we all knew, oh, we all knew. MJF was going to be wait till one month where he's going to come back. But there were reports that people were saying, like, we don't know. We haven't heard anything. Wardload says he's being so bad backstage and hated MJF. So there's all this heat that was all fabricated, all was at work about MJ. Wait, okay, hold on, wait. So this is Kevin. Kevin sent me this as well. Why is there just a random guy like running across? What's this guy doing, Gino? What was that guy doing? What was that guy doing? He's. Uh, well, there is some information that came out recently about the whole EVP comment and that CM Punk and there might have been some type of altercation and fight happening. 
Maybe. I mean, Punk was just talking. He was being a douchebag. It was shocking that he would just say those things and like, oh, well, I'm untouchable. This is me. Like, and and yeah, you know, that was definitely a work, by the way. Like the the all the MJF stuff. I know that like it makes sense in storyline. That's why they're doing it. Uh, you love this stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's the old. And TK loves it. that's the, he likes the whole work shoot ideas to make things absolutely like it could be work, could be a shoot. You don't know, and that's why he's used this drama and all this stuff. See, Punk EVP, he might was like, I could use this. That's why he didn't want to comment on this because he wants to do this as a work. Just like with the Malachi Black thing, he's probably using that as a work. It's just time off he's going to have, but he's going to come back even bigger and better. And he could. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, he signed him to a seven-year deal. He did what I do in Madden, locked these guys down for their entire careers. So you're never, you want to hold out? That's fine. I don't care. Uh, we'll, we'll find a way to win without you. We, we will play good football. We don't need Julio Jones. He can sit down. Julio Jones can relax until week six and then be deactivated all season, Gino. Uh, so, yeah, that was actually really fun. I'm going to have to watch this scrum. I'm going to have to watch the cast of the Classel. <laughs> Damn it. I was watching Clash at the Castle Scrum. That was probably just as fun and just as exciting. Was there a bloody guy cursing a lot at the Clash? There was no cursing. And the only good part of it, just because like it was obviously all work, was Roman Reigns. Like He was only there for like a minute. He's like, I want you to do something the crowd wouldn't do. And he just stands up and he says, acknowledge me. And then he walked out. What about, um, uh, what about what's his name, Braun Strowman? I didn't watch Raw yet. So that's probably my goal today is, or as soon as we're done here, to go watch some raw 90-minute version on Hulu. Braun Strowman's back. Karrion Cross is back. Are you sad for your best friend, Ethan Carter III? Like, it seems like that whole Control Your Narrative promotion is, is already done. Control Your Narrative is not a promotion now. It's a stable in NWA, and I'm excited for where it's going to go from here. It's going to be a great thing, Control Your Narrative in NWA. And Matt Cardona was part of it for a while. He was in one of the movies. So, I mean, it really is. Like, EC3 should just come back. Do you think Triple H is going to try and, and fix that, rectify that, have EC3 come back? That'd be fun. And that would be fun, especially now we did have EC3 expose more of this shit about Patrick Clark, the piece of shit he is by... Un, by taking these pictures and vote, videos of piss, people pissing. So again, we now know more about Patrick Clark being an asshole thanks to EC3 telling us the truth. Pictures of people pissing. Who did this? Uh, Velveteen Patrick Dream? Clark, EC3 talked to us about Velveteen Dream that actually did this and I don't know what the reason was, but he has information that told us about Mr. Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream. When you say he talked to us, where, where did he do that to me? Because I, I want to be talked to. I believe to it was him. social media. He actually posted oh, okay. Mr. Patrick Clark recently. I just love the way you talk to you. know, Sometimes you say things that are so vague, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with that. And I love it. So I think it all worked out. I think AEW is in a good spot. I think this was a fantastic weekend of wrestling between All Out, between Clash. I didn't watch the NXT shit. Uh, Impact, we got new tag champs. That was an awesome match. Uh, even without Maria, fucking OGK was able to get those belts. Uh, speaking of rumors, uh, uh, what's their names? The Good Brothers are done, right? Isn't that kind of the big rumor for them is they're no longer with Impact. It's finally time for them to actually go to AEW. I believe so, and they would make perfect sense. This is the right time. We have the elite as the tag, the trios champions. Now we can have the super elite back with the Bullet Club and have the great theme song that only was there for a very short time of the super elite. Dude, let's do it. And Adam Cole, he's still hurt, right? What's he doing? Yeah, Adam Cole and Kyle Riley are still hurt, so hopefully they do recover. Even CM Punk, during that whole scrum, there was a part where he said like he hopes for Adam Cole to recover 
fine because he actually likes the kid. So he does like Adam Cole. So that's good. We'll see Adam Cole versus CM Punk one day. <laughs> Great. So CM Punk, he's like, this is like when Shawn Michaels wanted the belt and he told he told Brett and Vince, like, yeah, I can work with Diesel, Xbox, uh, work with Scott Hall. I'll work with all my friends. I mean, you guys can figure out the rest of the card, but I, work, I only work with people that I like. That's, that's the best way for this to happen. So... Yeah, it sounds like CM Punk's really cultivating an amazing uh, culture there, Gino. I'm excited to see what happens next, but I think we did cover everything that needed to be covered. We went, like, this is exactly what I thought we would do, is just talk AEW, the fallout from All Out. Uh, and this was what? Do you think this was the worst All Out of all time? Throw that out there. I don't think this was the worst. I think this is a great All Out, especially because of my prediction of Stokely Hathaway taking over, winning this match. Big Stokes, we got to finally see, you all got to see, the giant that is Stokely Hathaway winning that briefcase. He didn't even have to climb that high to pick it up. You see, he's that big, and he was able to do this so quickly, so effectively. Stokely Hathaway is the man doing it for MJ. Outside of your bit, this was the worst All Out ever, right? Like, we've had really good All Like, this is their WrestleMania in a lot of aspects. Like, they love this All Out Chicago paper view and this one in particular was like a the zero hour wouldn't end dude athena and jade cargill was on this card like this is kind of one of the ones this wasn't as bad as that revolution show where scorpio sky won the sonic ring but this was up there for me as one of like my least favorite like watches now the main event was fantastic the jericho and Bright match was fantastic. So I guess for somebody that claims, like, I don't like all these WWE guys showing up. Like, my favorite matches were all WWE people. So uh, I, I maybe that's Tony's thing. Hey, these WWE guys are awesome. Even though he now has this stable all about anti-WWE and anti-AEW <laughs> authority, a, which I is the best part now. With Big Cass. I mean, shit, Big Cass yes, is in that. Yes, he's not a WWE guy. That's He's no longer that shit. He, that character's dead. He's talked about how dead Big Cass is. W. Morrissey, he's on the run of his life. Big Cass never happened. Colin Cassie never happened. Dude, I'm just saying, look at Kevin in the chat. He was all in on Cardiff. Seth versus Riddle was fantastic. Gunther Sheamus, did you tear up, Gino? You can be honest with me. When Sheamus was in that ring after the match and that crowd was going apeshit, even I just sat there thinking, like, you know what, man? When this guy showed up and won the WWE title and I wasn't watching wrestling at the time, I just thought WWE was falling apart, bro. Who watches that shit anymore? And then I, I came back to wrestling, and then uh, his, bro, his bro kick was illegal. He wasn't allowed to do it. And then it just hit me, like, wow, Sheamus has had himself a fucking career. Good for this guy. Good for him to have that huge moment. Uh, I was tearing up. I was like, this is emotional. And then I also teared up when Ludwig Kaiser was like, Giovanni Vinci. That was a huge moment for me, too, because I liked Imperium Gino. So this was huge. It was, and I wasn't emotional for, like, Seamus that much. When I was hyped, I was just so hopeful. Because maybe because, like, they were lingering on Seamus for so long, and they were taking so long, I was like, Maybe they're waiting. Maybe they're setting up something special that I've wanted. And that is like as he walks out, we like walks back to the back. We hear written in my face one more time just to be something special, something nice. Because we get broken dreams. And so I was like, you could do written in my face just for something special for Cardiff. But we didn't. He still used his current theme. So it was just fine. But it was that would have made it more emotional to me. It was just a callback to all of Seamus. I love that you really are focusing on these theme songs. Like you're like, dude, play that one, dude. TJ, play the one that I like. Fuck whatever they're doing now. So good call, Gino. I think we covered it tomorrow night's the whole effing show. Uh 
I'm going to I'm going to do what I did last week. I'm going to watch Dynamite on my phone at 7. Then I'll be home at like 7:15. So I'll have to watch the beginning of it uh during a commercial break. TWFS says what's our workout genome? You know what's the workout tonight, my friend? I'm getting up at 4. I'm getting up at 4 to go hit Anytime Fitness probably in Colleyville. What are you doing? And I'm up for doing the workout. I would prefer like something lighter like Erica if we don't mind, but we'll see what we got. We'll see what Kevin's up to. I want somebody tan. Uh, I watched a Juji Mufu video of him doing Triple H's DVD workout. The best part, you know, is actually like who's in the workout video with him. Like you got like Ty Dillinger in there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Max, uh, not Max Dupree. Yeah, Max Dupree from Maximum Male Models. He's he's doing it. Like it's so funny the Triple H uh, Power Series DVD. Do you do you want me to get this for you? And I would be up to check this out for damn sure. All these guys that we never knew would come to WWE at the time. This workout DVD. Right, got to everybody do this. doing now? Well, no. This this was like when right. they were all at the Performance Center. Like this is peak like Performance Center guy. Like there's Ty Dillinger. He's Performance Centered out. Uh, that's uh, Eli Drake. Performance Centered out. Like this is the most. I think that's Jason Jordan right there with like an afro. Like look, Tino Sabatelli? Is that who that is? Like this is a squad right here to work out with Triple H. We should do this workout. They got the whole thing right here, lower body. Hell yeah, I'd be down for working out like this because, man, that's the back then. NXT just up before it said it had soul. It was based. It was great. And now we're slowly killing it, but we do at least have people great like Carmelo Hayes that's trying to make it the best promotion. Look at this guy. This is Ty Dillinger. He married Peyton Royce. Fucking did it, dude. He outkicked his coverage by a lot. How did he do that? He did from working out, especially being close friends with Tyler Breeze and now having their great flatbacks, Jim. I kind of want to go. Do you think you could ever go to wrestling school, Gino? Like, let's say a year from now, we both drop 100 pounds, right? We're at a trim 180 or whatever. And what happened? I just got my car. Just I just got a notification that I paid for something, Gino. Uh, let's just say we lose a bunch of weight and we go to flatbacks. You want to just try wrestling? How long is the class? You think it's like six weeks? We can do that. I would be down for one day doing that. I especially want to like really try to hit the ropes and take a bump and properly do this shit just to see how it really feels. I just want to have a three-minute match like ZZ did with Cesaro. I think that, that would be so fun on that Tough Enough finale where you got to wrestle Cesaro. Cesaro will take care of me. I think he'll do a good job. Oh, I don't even have the camera up, Gino. You can't even see it. I'm sorry, dude. Here you go. Check this out. Flatbacks. You want to go? I'd be up for it, damn for it. I mean, I'm all weird, George, so I'd also have to make money to save up to get to flatbacks, but I'd damn sure be up. Here, yeah, I got I got Triple H back up. Here's Ty Dillinger, dude. Dude fucking married Peyton Royce, bro. And this is uh, Eli Drake. I mean, how long ago was this, 2014? Goblet squat? We can do those. He's wearing those little toe shoes. I have a pair of those. Check it out, Gino. I got a pair of those toe shoes. Hell yeah. Wish I had those in my size. And I don't even have any. Dude, in my size, yeah. Which had those in my size. I got them in plenty of other sizes. All right, I love it, Gino. So, yes, you guys enjoy your workout. I got to get up super early to get my workout on, Gino, so I can start training at Flatbacks with Tyler Breeze, my dream job. Do you think Triple H is going to bring him back? I'm sure he'll bring back Sean Spears especially, but Tyler Breeze probably. And also Dirty Dangle will bring back everyone, everyone from the PC, everyone from NXT. We'll bring him back. It's going to be the best thing, Sean, especially Alexander Wolf. will have the entire Imperium back. Alexander Wolf needs to come is back. Sean, uh, is Ty Dillinger not with AEW anymore? 
I think he still is there, but okay. they haven't used him at all. The new pinnacle is just Wardlow and FTR. Yeah, no fucking John Spears. They signed him into a 30-year deal as well. All right, Gina, let's ride off into that sunset. Have a good night, my friend. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow for the whole fucking show, bro. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait to do it. So let's ride off, Gina. Thank you for your time, my friend. You have a good evening. You too, please. Love you, man. We did it. What a scrum, everybody. That was amazing. Why does no one tell me to watch the scrums? It, it's easily the greatest thing ever now. I didn't know Punk was such an asshole. Oh, wait, I did. Thank you, Gino. Have a good night. <laughs>